For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's going on? I say that every week. Now, you know what this is. This is Derek Oker, your host, right here on Believe in Lions on the Believe Podcast Network. You know I always go through the same thing uh, to kick you guys off here on the show. You know what we do. We're talking Detroit Lions. This is my draft show. This is my favorite show that I get to do for all of you uh, Detroit Lions fans out there. We're talking NFL draft, and we are a month and a half or so away. I mean, it's going to be incredible. So last time I came to you guys, I talked about offense. I talked about the offensive side of the ball, and the main reason I did that is because nobody else is talking about offense. Everybody thinks that this defense was so atrocious. If we just go draft all defense, we're going to be okay. Well, I'm here to tell you that's not the case. So I did my offensive show where I kind of walked you through some offensive players I liked. We did a mock draft where I kind of talked about um, I I took offensive players more so in that mock than others. Today we're going to talk about defense, but it's not going to be how you've heard it everywhere else. You've heard everybody else talk about it. What we're going to do today is talk about some positions, some prospects, and then, oh yeah, we're doing a live seven-round mock that may have some trades and may have some other things about what the Detroit Lions might actually do when April 23rd comes around, the NFL draft, and when it's time to make the picks. So let's kick us off this way. Let's talk about the positions of need. Now, this isn't in total order of importance, but... Some of you may agree with it. So the top position I have here is edge. I feel like everybody thinks the Detroit Lions need an edge rusher. They feel like we couldn't get after the quarterback. And yeah, in 2019, that was the case. We didn't get pressure. We didn't sack quarterbacks. We didn't turn the football over. We rushed three men at a time for some reason. I don't know what we were trying to do. I think it was due to injuries. I think it was due to just trying to hang in football games. We didn't have our quarterback more so than playing that attacking style of football that everybody wants to see. So I agree with everybody out there that thinks we need an edge rusher. I'm right there with you. I feel like Trey Flowers has been, once he got his, his shoulder right, he's a great guy you want in your locker room. He's got heavy hands. He's got long arms. He can get after the quarterback. He showed us that in 2019 with the sacks and things that he was able to do. Now, is he a freaky edge rusher that's going to just blow by the tackle every time or or just have some you know, highlight real plays? No, he's not. He's, he's a much more solid, big, physical football player that if he can get his technique and if he can get a move on you, yeah, he's going to get after the quarterback. And he also has a, has a good motor, so he's going to be able to get some hustle sacks as well. But uh, Trey Flowers looks good on that other edge. The other thing is, what do we do on the other side? Like, Romeo Quara was great in 2018. We got him off the scrap heap from the New York Giants. He came in here, bunch of sacks that year, played a lot of snaps, played good football. They gave him a little extension. 
And yeah, it had a down year in 2019. I mean, it happens. What are you going to do? So I'm not giving up on Romeo Quara. Now, do I feel like he's an every down defensive end in this type of scheme where you want a heavier set guy, you know, that can play the run in the pass, can control his gap, can, you know, be tough against the run? No, I think he's much more of a, you know, guy that you want to have on passing downs and that you want to be able to do some things. So there's definitely work to be done there. Not a ton, you know, when it comes to depth, you know, other than than those two guys on both sides. So you definitely need to add depth there. There's no question. The next position most people will think about or talk about is linebacker. You know, uh, it's a position that gets heavily scrutinized. You know, Jared Davis was taken 20th overall, I believe. You know, he came in here, but he thought he'd be the captain of the defense, a tackling machine, a guy that's just you know, all over the football field, calling the defense, moving everybody around. I mean, he showed flashes. He's been very inconsistent. He's also had some really good stretches in his career where he's played good football. So, you know, his PFF grades may not be where they should be. And by them drafting Jelani Tavai, they may be transitioning his role a little bit. But I still think Jared Davis can play some football. He's got all the physical talent you look for in the world. His processing you know, leave some to be desired when it comes to knowing where to go and how to get there. But I still feel like he can be a contributor and a, a helpful piece on your team. Now, will I fight you that he probably isn't living up to where he was taken in the draft? Yeah, I'd say that's probably true. But that happens with a lot of players. Just because you were taken, you know, 15th overall doesn't mean you're going to be the 15th best player in that draft class. But if you can stay on the team through that first, get a second contract and be a contributor in the NFL, that usually is a good draft pick. Jared Davis got some work to do. There's no question. But I see good things from him despite his inconsistencies in coverage and tackling. Jelani Tavai at the linebacker position is the guy that I uh, – I don't know what I saw in 2019. I, I saw a rookie that got out there early, you know, seemed to everything wasn't too big for him, was able to make some plays, but I, I don't know what his ceiling is. I feel like he's definitely has his shortcomings as well. And then you got our other big linebackers, you know, Christian Jones is a big linebacker. You've got Jalen Reeves Mabin, who's gotten bigger, but is supposed to be that covered run and hit guy. So let me rewind the clock for a minute because I, I wanted to hit off these guys off the top that uh, are, are kind of my targets. I'd only write a couple targets here before we get into the mock draft. But when you're talking about edge position, let's go back to edge for a moment. I mean, the slam dunk is that, you know, Joe Burrow goes one, the Washington Redskins either trade out or end up taking a different position and Chase Young falls right in your lap. I mean, the guy's 6'5", 265 pounds. You know, dominated at the college level. People will say he didn't play big in big games. I mean, it may just be me, but I'm pretty sure they were probably giving him a little bit more looks, you know, a little more attention than, than others. And you're not going to be great every game. I don't care who you are, what player, what year, what position. You're not going to ball out all the time. So he had his lackluster games against big competition. And yeah, that, that, that came back to bite him in, in some instances. But... Chase Young, to me, is a slam dunk pick. Just run up to the podium if he's there. The other name that I grabbed here that's somebody to consider if they were to um, consider it maybe in the second, third round, depending on where this player goes, Marlon Davidson. I, I've fallen in love with this guy. I mean, at the scouting combine, he said his favorite thing is just imposing his will on another man and beating him up for four quarters. I mean, if that's not a, a guy you want playing big defensive tackle, big rush rush end. I mean, this guy's 6'3", almost 300 pounds. He can run. He's athletic. He's got that mentality that you want. Marlon Davidson is one of my favorite players in this draft. And I'm, I'm really hoping the Lions can get him. 
at the proper value because as much as Derek Brown has been talked about, I feel like Marlon Davidson is actually the value when you're looking at that type of football player from uh, in this draft or from Auburn. Marlon Davidson's the guy I really want if I can get him. So those are kind of two edge prospects. Of course, there's a ton more. I'm going to talk about it as I do my mock draft, but those are two names I wanted to bring up off the top. Now, I just talked about linebackers. The, the only linebacker name I grabbed because the way this draft falls is that th- there's not many linebackers that that fit what the Lions do. You know, they want that big linebacker, and they already have those. You know, we as fans want them to have a, a smaller, nasty edge rusher at linebacker. They're more than happy to have Devon Kennard or a guy like him in that position. So the only guy that makes sense, and you'll probably see this as I do my mock, is... I feel like if if you can get your hands on Justin Simmons from Clemson, this guy's called a linebacker. He's so versatile. He showed up like a freak at the combine. He ran a what a four four something in that range, four five. He was ridiculous. He jumped out of the gym. He did everything well. He looked like a smooth athlete. He's got crazy leadership. Just uh, Isaiah Simmons, sorry, is my guy. I I feel like he because of the linebackers in this draft. If you can get Isaiah Simmons to start, there's plenty of corners, defensive uh, tackles, and edge rushers you can get later that would totally fit the Detroit Lions. So um, I'm just zeroed in on Isaiah Simmons. Let's go to the next position of need, the cornerback position. This is is a spot where I have been somewhat critical, saying, like, I don't love taking corners super high in the draft. But – I realize how dang valuable they are, not only on the field, but on the ledger when it comes to what you pay these guys. So I've been more than happy to want to get corners in the draft, free agency, wherever we got to get them, because I feel like that's been the biggest thing holding the Detroit Lions defense back for probably uh, five, eight, maybe 10 years is that they just have not been able to cover anybody as the NFL continues to be more and more of a passing league. We've had some good rush players. You know, we've had some decent players in the middle of our defense and even on the back end, but not the type of corners you need to win at a high level. So I'm all about corners, but I'm not as well. I I told people on Twitter recently at Derek Oakery, hit me up on Twitter, give me a follow. I love talking football with you. I put out that I have bought in to Jeffrey Okuda. I mean, I don't really want to go there at three, and I don't know if I want to go there in a trade down, but Jeff Okuda is a legit prospect uh, in every sense of the word. He looks like a five-year pro already. He can he can run, he can cover, he can he'll hit you. He sound technique. He just does not get beat deep. I mean, this is a guy you got to look at. So, you know, I, I'm fine if they take Okuda. I would just hope they would be able to get him at the right spot. Now, I'm much more apt to want to get one of these three guys that I pulled out, which... You know, if you want to go in order, I feel like C.J. Henderson, based on what he did at the Combine, is a guy that you can get later in the first round, maybe even early second round, and is a guy 6'1", 202 from Florida that really showed up well. Seems like he's going to be a really good cover guy in the NFL, and he's got that that height that the Lions look for. The next guy I have here that I'm really interested in, this guy loves to talk yak. He, he'll hit you in the mouth. He plays press coverage. He, he loves to get after you, and that's Jeff Gladney of TCU. Senior, 5'10", 183. 5'10", 183 is a little smaller. Lions definitely like you to be over that six-foot mark if you can get it and in that 200-pound range. So he's a bit smaller, but 
I just love his game, love what he can do in coverage, and think he would be great to put on the other side of either Darius Slay or some other concoction of corners that they have. And, oh, by the way, don't forget about A.O. Oh, baby! Uh, our draft pick from last year in the fifth round. I mean, A.O. was taken 146 overall. This kid's 6'1", 204, got the size. He came out and balled out towards the end of the year getting a couple interceptions, looking really like he had what it took. Yeah, he got beat a few times. The biggest thing I want people to remember is, yeah, rookies make an impact in the NFL, but not every rookie is going to come in and be an absolute drop-down stud like they might be in years two, three, or four. I mean, that first year, you're learning everything that comes with the NFL, the playbook, the your teammates, uh, everything that goes with it. So I'm much more apt to, if I at least see signs from a guy in year one, I feel like years two, three, four can be really good for that type of football player. And that's why I have hope in, you know, Will Harris on the Detroit Lions, Jelani Tavai. I mean, those are guys that can can grow in those roles because of what they showed you in year one, where some people just if you don't if you don't play absolute amazing football in year one or earlier two, psh, uh, you're a bust. You're, you're no good. I mean, you got to believe B-L-E-A-V right here on Believe in Lions. So. Those were two corners. The other one, I'm not even going to try the last name. I should know it by now because I've heard it on Watch's Tape and, and other things. But Noah uh, out of Auburn, Noah was his first name. He's a junior, 5'11", 200 pounds. This is a guy that hasn't even been playing corner for a couple years. But he's a nasty athlete. I've grown to say if you can get him at the right spot, I think that he'd be that type of moldable piece of clay that you could um, teach. And he's got the grit. He's got the length of ability that you could turn into a really good corner at the next level. It does worry me when you don't have a track record of playing it for multiple years. And, you know, will it translate? That's always a little bit of roll the dice in the NFL draft. But I feel like, I feel like this kid out of Auburn could, could do it if you get him at the right position. So cornerback to me is really important. I mean, I don't think I'm going past rounds two or three without getting myself a corner because then you're asking for trouble as it gets later and later in the draft. But if you get one in the second, third, fourth round, it lets you load up in other positions in round one. You know, you're not just having to take Okuda and call it a day because what if you take Okuda and then the second, third rounds, there's corners staring you in the face that you love to probably would have been much better to take one of the other players that are on the board. So uh, defensive tackle is a big issue for the Lions. They obviously moved on from Snacks Harrison. Uh, everyone has sent Ashawn out the door. I mean, I think I, last time I pulled him up, Ashawn's only 24, 25 years old. He has a nasty demeanor. You know, most people say he doesn't like being in Detroit or he wants all this money. I'm leaning towards I wouldn't be opposed to Ashawn like understanding once he goes out in the open market that people aren't going to pay for what he does. He does not get after the passer too much he's not a dominant run defender but what he is is a young player a mean attitude and if you go back and watch the tape last year every time there was a forced fumble or there was a really good defensive stop on fourth down it seemed to be a Sean that was doing work in there making plays so I'm not sending him out of Detroit yet if I can get him at a good deal he wants to be here the coaching staff likes him maybe more so than the fans seem to on the outside I'd be more than happy to bring a Sean back in the fold if possible Mike Daniels I've moved on from I was super fired up about him last year I thought he had that nasty mentality but as I go back and watch the games 
gosh, he just not wasn't out there when he was. He looked out of shape, didn't look like he had it. Yeah, he'd hustle at times. Yeah, he'd make a play here or there, but not not the type of player I want to build my interior around moving forward. But there are some really intriguing interior defensive tackles in this draft. So rather than talk about the top couple guys, I brought up a couple that are names to know, probably names you've heard of, but also these are these are targets that you can get to either second, third, fourth round type of territory, and I think they're important. So I brought up Marlon Davidson earlier as an edge. He also can slide inside and play interior defensive uh, line. So I think, you know, when you're looking at him, you're definitely looking at that versatility. So you could throw him in this mix. But um, Ross Blacklock is a kid, again, out of TCU that he's been getting rave reviews. Seems to do everything the Lions like. He's 6'4", 305. You know, you'd probably be looking at him. I've seen him projected in that early second round pick. So, you know, that that top few picks in the second round, the Lions could be looking at him. I mean, I'd love it if a guy like him would slide a bit farther than that. But, you know, if they dress another need and then think they need to sure up the interior and they think Blacklock's the guy, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. The other guy I've had circled for a while now, if you go and watch his you know, highlights on YouTube. It just does not look fair. It looks odd. This guy out there, Leaky Fotu out of Utah. Uh, this guy's 6'5", 300 and basically 40 pounds. I mean, he moves bodies. He could definitely be that nose tackle that just occupies people in the middle. He's not going to give you a ton getting after the quarterback, but some of his highlights, man, if he gets by you, he can run down a QB. He showed that at the combine running a decent time. And he's a big dude. Love those Samoans in the middle. Love those guys that can just eat up two blockers and let the rest of the defense get after you. So Leaky Foe 2, I'm looking at him maybe in rounds 3-4, somewhere in that range, would be, uh, you know, preferably the fourth round would be tremendous. And then I wrote down safety position. You know, safety to me, uh, I'm still a fan of Will Harris. I feel like there's a lot of room to grow there. I feel like he's a great, he's kind of like that, Guy that could be molded in a year or two to be one of the captains of your defense. You know, Tracy Walker is obviously my guy who I think is going to really show out here in 2020. I believe B-L-E-A-V and him. But Tracy and Will are two that work. Tavon has been nice as the vet, but I'm not going to shy away from adding another safety. So, you know, when you're thinking about names, I mean, would they take a McKinney or a Delpit in the in the uh, if they slid to the early second, you know, would they take a McKinney if they trade way down in the first round? You know, my sights are much more on where can you get Kyle Duggar of Lenore Ryan? <laughs> Lenore Ryan. Oh, my goodness, Kyle Duggar. Go watch this guy. He is just a ball of energy, just a, a dreads flying everywhere. The, I, the more I watch him, the more I like this kid. He's getting rave reviews, showed out again, you know, throughout the process here. Kyle Duggar is no longer a diamond in the rough, but it's where can you get him and and do they have a role for him on this defense? I, I'm not writing off safety. Like I said, I feel like it's something they could attack. So when you really look at it, you go, well, Okri, you basically talked about every position on the defense. Yeah, basically. Um, those were, <laughs> There's open spots everywhere when you really look at it. That opposite edge of Flowers is a huge need. The opposite corner right now of Darius Lay is a huge need. Interior defensive line, defensive tackle is a huge need because they moved on from snacks. And if they don't bring back Daniels and Aishan, that's big. And then even if they were to keep a Tavon, you know, are they willing to add another safety to be really versatile? Because a safety can be a corner slash safety. You can blitz them. You can move them around the defense. 
and a guy that could somewhat learn and, and be able to then take over either Will's role or Tavon's role moving forward and just beef up that position in general. So, yeah, man, I'm looking at it all, and I'm looking for value, and I'm looking for playmakers. That's what we need on defense. So, like I said, NFL draft has a ton. Of, it's a deep draft, lots of prospects, lots of value. It's all about how you play the board. It's all about who you pick and when. We're going to do that right here after the break. When I do a live seven-round mock, you never know what might happen. We're going to focus on defense. We're still going to take offense when warranted. We'll do that next right here on Believe in Lions. All right, everybody, we're back here on Believe in Lions. I'm your host, Derek Oakry. Again, I didn't give it to you off the top, but you know where to find me on Twitter, at Derek Oakry. That's spelled D-E-R-E-K. O-K-R-I-E. We're talking fantasy football, Detroit Lions, Michigan football, uh, anything under the sun, sports related. I love chatting with you guys. I love putting out mocks. I love talking about what this team's going to do. This is my time of the year, heading into free agency, heading into the NFL draft. It's going to get crazy. So please hit me up on there. Also, hit that subscribe button, please, on Apple iTunes or wherever you may be hearing this podcast. It really helps out the show as well as then the show is going to get to you First thing Monday, before you even hit the road to work or wherever you're up to, uh, the gym, you're going to be able to hear Believe in Lions and uh, listen to this Detroit Lions content every week. Um, Drops for you first thing Monday morning. You can get us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, we're also on Luminary. I haven't checked out Luminary yet. Um, tune in, and then you can also plenty of other platforms. I know you guys use out there. Um, to me, iTunes and Spotify are the way to go. Those are the two easiest to use. Syncs right up, nice and nice and smooth. Best way to do it. And uh, as we said, I know believe. Their platform is always looking for people that want to advertise. I know they have about two, 300 podcasts currently and are growing by the minute. So if you want to advertise with them, just go to Believe.com, check it out. And uh, like I say, we would love to support your product or advertise right here on Believe in Lions as well. So with all that being said, let's dive into it. So what I've done is the Draft Network. If some of you guys aren't familiar, go to thedraftnetwork.com. Uh, great website. You can get all set up. You can do free mock drafts. You can sign up to be a premium member, which I've done, which is then you can do mock drafts with trades and, and get all types of uh, draft guides and other content they have. Just Those guys are doing tremendous work. So genius, too, because for years I was going, man, there's no – there's like one website out there that lets you do these mock drafts, that lets you just dive into draft-only content. You know, and I'm not talking like the CBSs or the ESPNs that give you like a little bit of content here or there. I'm talking like legit rankings, mocks, everything that you want to do if you love the NFL draft. And the guys at the Draft Network, I don't know how they did it. They just all pooled together. They came up with this idea. They went full force on it and spent tremendous, I mean, gosh, what a dream to just be able to work on the draft 24-7, 365. But they're doing great stuff. I love using the website. So what I've done is I've queued up this mock. And I hit play on it. So we um, we got to pick three. And what I did is I wanted it to go Burrow and Young, which it did. And so at three, you know, I've talked about the other options that are at three. Everybody knows what they are. But my favorite trade partner in this type of situation is instead of trading with Miami and moving down a couple spots, I want to force the issue a little bit more and move down to number seven with the Carolina Panthers. So check out this trade. I was able to work with them on the mock draft machine on the draftnetwork.com. 
I gave the Panthers my number three selection. And in return, this is why you trade down. This is why you try to maximize the draft. And this is the perfect time to do so at three when there's quarterbacks staring you in the face. I was able to get for number three overall, number seven. They're picking the second round, which is number 38 overall. I got their third, which is number 69 overall. And I even said, hey, throw in a seventh because I don't have a seventh right now. The Lions only have picks through the sixth round. And they did, which is 198. So I got four draft picks for one. Basically three bonus draft picks. And uh, gosh, just tremendous. I mean, to me, that's that's the absolute way to go. If you can pull it off now, some of you may say that's not realistic. They wouldn't give up, you know, three plus picks or, hey, you'd want you'd want a future first. I get that. But as I always say, in these mock drafts, you can only do what the mock draft lets you do. If a guy's on the board, you take him. You don't overthink it. You don't say, oh, he probably won't be there. You just take it. And that's what that's the results you get. That's why it's called a mock draft. So, again, we're going to lean heavy on defense. So I'm sitting at number seven. It's a beautiful thing. Sitting on the board right at number seven, at the top of the board, is Isaiah Simmons. Uh, Jeffrey Okuda went number six to the Chargers. And uh, like I say, there's there's Derek Brown is on the board. Some offensive tackle is on the board. You know, skill guys are on the board. But we're going to lean defense. And to me, I said it off the top, but Isaiah Simmons to me is the guy. He, I think I heard a local radio personality saying that the Lions will have no idea what to do with a guy with Jeff, like Isaiah Simmons. The Lions aren't uh, competent enough, as I believe the word he used, to uh, you know, imp- deploy a guy like Isaiah Simmons. People, I understand Matt Patricia had a tough year in 2019. I understand that people didn't love what the defense did as a whole. This guy has been coaching defense at the highest level for I don't even know how long. He's got to be going on 20-some years now in the league. Like, Matt Patricia can coach himself some defense, and he can definitely move around a player like Isaiah Simmons and use his speed, his leadership, his tackling, his coverage ability. I think it's a slam-dunk pick. I'd even consider it a number three if you're stuck there. Give me Isaiah Simmons at number seven overall to the Detroit Lions. So, we're going to go ahead and let this thing roll here. It's going to move its way through. We'll get to the second rounder and see who's on the board. So like I said, I'm going to lean defense, but I'm also going to mix in some offensive guys here because obviously we still want to tackle things like wide receiver, um, interior offensive line. We'd like to get a couple of those as well as lean heavy on the defense. So uh, couldn't be happier to trade down, get all those picks, and still get Isaiah Simmons. Oh, baby. Uh, Got to love that. Got to love it at all. Absolutely. I hope and I believe It has a chance of happening in the NFL draft. So here we are at pick number 35. Now, the beautiful thing about this trade is we're picking at 35 and 38. So we can kind of look and see what's on the board. Top player on the board for for their um, rankings right here is DeAndre Swift still out there. Uh, Grant Delpit did make it to the second round here in this mock. You've got some other uh, running backs. You've got Jordan Love at quarterback on the board. But hmm, let me see here. Let me, I'm going to check my corners out because, I, like I said, I told you guys I wanted to get a corner pretty early. So the way the corners stack up, you got uh, you got Diggs, you got Terrell there, you got Dantzler still there, Troy Pride Jr. Hmm. See, this is a tough one because I really don't – I'm kind of torn on Diggs and A.J. Terrell from Clemson. Terrell has the size. You know, Diggs, I think, has kind of the more of the ball skills. But I don't love either of them. You know what I mean? I don't – I, I, they just don't blow me away. They don't seem like a really high second-round pick. 
So let's do this to kind of play the board. Let's let's leave those guys as options. But let's go ahead and take... Um, let's look at our interior defensive tackles as well. See if Blacklock is out there. Oh, looks like he went 33. So first pick in the second round, Ross Blacklock of you know TCU. So he's off the board. And nobody else that we really want to go after at this point. Roquan Davis of Alabama is there. I mean, he'd be... Probably something the Lions would be interested in. But the value play to me right here is playing the board. Playing the top players and trying to see how it falls. There's still some edges that I like that I think I can get later. Let's go ahead and do this. I don't know if he'll make it here. I don't know if the Lions would like him. I know some of you out there on Twitter don't like this guy and thinks that he w would be an issue when it comes to tackling and whatnot. But at number 35 overall, I'm going to take Grant Delpit. Nasty safety out of LSU cover hit seems like a leader seems like a good football player now one of the edge guys that i was considering went off the board right after which is a guy bucky brooks loves a guy that i'm still not sold on i got to do some more homework on him curtis weaver out of uh, boise state there he's he's kind of like a he's not a very athletic looking guy but bucky loves his motor bucky loves how he is able to get after the quarterback those are two things i'm interested in as well so I've got myself a linebacker and a safety now. I think I'm going to go back to that cornerback well. And it's it's a tough call. I think, you know, I think I've got Simmons so I could team up with his teammate. But I know the Lions like Alabama guys as well. Hmm. They're basically neck and neck, Diggs and, and A.J. Terrell. Man, that's a tough call for me. This is what you get stuck with in a mock draft of trying to who who do I go with here? Let's uh let's go ahead and just play the board. The way the draft network has it ranked is Diggs at 46 and Terrell at 48. I, I'm pretty indifferent, so we're gonna go with the kid out of Alabama. Think that he has some ball skills, be able to play the football, turn the football over. So right now we've got Justin Simmons. Or Isaiah Simmons, sorry. I keep calling him Justin Simmons. Obviously, that's an, the other guy for Denver. But Isaiah Simmons, Grant Delpit, Trayvon Diggs. So we got ourselves a corner, safety, and linebacker. And we're coming around here to the third round. This is where I'd be open to other positions. Ooh, Marlon Davidson just went. I was hoping maybe you could get him um, on the back turn here. Um, looks like he's gone. Cam Dantzler, who's a guy I liked, he didn't really perform that well at the Combine, and people are a little bit more down on him now, but he's the top corner on the board. See, why are you going to do this to me, mock draft? This put me in a situation. I got Jonathan Taylor still on the board at number 67 overall. Oh, Jonathan Taylor is a stud, man. He's got speed, he's size, his leadership. There's so many running backs I like, though. It's like I feel like I just want to wait on him. Um, gosh, he's good, though. I don't see him last into the third in real life, but he'd be hard to pass on for real, for real. Um, 67. Because I don't know that he's going to... Let's go ahead and do this. As an example, this is a mock draft. So because I'm so enticed... By, by Jonathan Taylor and think that there's no reason he should be here at 67 overall. I'm going to take Jonathan Taylor. Now, what I want to have happen is I want Julio, Julian O'Quara 
to fall to me. He's a few picks down. We'll see if he goes because I got 67 and 69 here. I want to take Jonathan Taylor with 67. I want to get Julian Okwara with 69. Because for me, it's between Julian Okwara of Notre Dame and Josh Uche out of Michigan when you're talking about another player that can kind of play that canard um, role, can also do some other things. I think Okwara, to be honest, is the better overall player. He he has some mixed opinions. Some people love him, some people don't. I feel like PFF's been pretty high on him. I like him, and I like teaming him up with his brother. I just think that would be a good move. So let, let's do it. The only thing I'll say is, like, I'm definitely, you know, come draft day, you guys got to think out there. Like, there's going to be lots of running backs, lots of receivers. That'd be great. The, the most prudent way to do it is to wait, 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 and then wait some more on receiver and running back. So for me to take Jonathan Taylor here in the top of the third round somewhat throws off my game plan. But to me, he's too much of a talent. Now, if Jonathan Taylor was what he was in college and didn't have this elite speed and didn't test amazing and, and wasn't like this prospect that just looks like a Saquon Barkley type, I would probably avoid him. But to me, it's too good. So let's, let's stop talking about it. Jonathan Taylor's the selection. And here's where you get burned, people, <laughs> by playing the board. So I took Jonathan Taylor the next pick, even though he was six, seven picks down off the big board. Julian Okwara to the New York Jets at 68. He's no longer there. But here's a note to Bob Quinn and any other uh, wannabe GMs out there. Just because your guy went doesn't mean there's other, not other guys that you can go attack, attack at that position. So... Uh, you know, I missed out on him. I'm going to go check the edge position. They do have Uche listed as an edge. I know at Michigan he sort of played inside. He moved around. He seemed to get better every year. Bradley Anai is a little bit farther down the board. That's a guy people have talked about. But uh, Uche does seem to be the, the top, uh, you know, position of need as well as the top guy on the board. I'm just going to take another peek and see if there's anybody else I love. Got my cornerback already. I just got my um, stud running back to add to carry on and bow. We're going to be tough to deal with now in the run game, which is something else I've wanted for years and years and years. We're going to take Joshua Uche out of Michigan here at number 69 overall. He's the draft network's number 64 overall prospect here. Let's go ahead and take him. So to me, again, Uche is a guy that he can play. He can play inside. He can play edge. He can play jack linebacker, do a lot of different things there. So. I still like that pick, even though, you know, teaming up the Aquara boys would have been, uh, you know, my dream scenario. So so there's my top few picks that I got from Carolina. So basically, let's roll this back. Instead of picking at number three, I was able to pick up Isaiah Simmons, Grant Delpit, Trayvon Diggs, Jonathan Taylor, and Uche. Those are basically between the Lions and the picks I got from Carolina. Those were the top few rounds. Now I'm picking at 99 overall. Again, still looking at everything under the sun, but being open to to defense more so than offense. So Bradley and I is there, you know, even though Uche and him play somewhat, you know, they, they definitely play different roles in my opinion. You know, I don't know that I want to double dip there. Let's go ahead and keep looking here, see what we got. I'm going to I'm going to go to interior offensive line because I still do want to sure up that uh, that right guard spot if possible. Hmm, Damian Lewis from LSU is there. Tyler uh, Biotish of Wisconsin is there, who's a guy I like. He played a lot of center in college, but I think 
he, he'd be an interesting prospect to take. Ben Bredesen from Michigan is, is down the board a bit, as well as Michael Menahue. I know that's my Michigan bias coming into play, but I do like those two guys as well. Hmm, not not in love with, with doing that, but I also know that I may miss out. Oh, here we go. I have not addressed the interior defensive tackle, and Leaky Fotu is the top defensive tackle on the board. <laughs> now, here's, here's the... Here's the challenge when you're doing a mock draft. So when I'm looking at the overall board, the top player is Jake Fromm at 85 overall. And that works its way down, 89, 90. You know, you're kind of looking at those overall rankings. Leaky Fotu is down at 130. You know, so he's down a ways. But when I look at the defensive tackles, he's by far the only guy left, I think, that I want at this type of position. Yeah, I'm looking on the board. There's really nobody else I like now that I've waited here to the, to the top of the fourth round. I mean, nobody else. I think Jordan Elliott out of Missouri got some good pub here late in the game. But I I just kind of like what Leaky Fotu brings to the table. So, you know, I'm going to pass on those offensive guards because I think I can wait maybe till round five to get them. And, and then I also want to get a receiver as well. So Leaky Fotu, the 340-pound, 6'5", interior defensive, probably can play, uh, you know, run-stuffing defensive tackle, or it could play nose, which Snacks is no longer on the Detroit Lions. So I think you could grow him into that role. He, he's a little bit of a stiff prospect. You know, when you're talking, when you watch him, you're just kind of like, oh, I don't know. This guy just looks odd. He's so big, and sometimes he looks stiff, but... I think he can play, and I think they could they could mold him into what they're looking for from that position. So I love that pick. Let's see here, we're coming around on my my next selection, round five, pick 131. Let's go back to that interior offensive line, see if we can get something something there. Bredesen and Omenahue are still there. You know, the other guys I was interested in are off the board. Let's see here. Let's check out receivers because receivers is important to me. See, this is where this is where it starts getting sticky. So Colin Johnson, big wide receiver out of Texas. He's really not what I'm looking for, to be honest. Tyler Johnson on Minnesota is a guy I take almost in every mock draft I do. I absolutely love his production. I love what he brings to the table. He's not going to be the fastest. He's not going to be the most athletic, but he makes plays. And I feel like he could learn his way under Amendola, still come out and make plays as a rookie. Same with Michael Pittman Jr. I feel the same thing. So let's go ahead and look at the overall board again. Those guys are in the 130s or so. See if there's anybody else up top I like. Nick Coe out of Auburn. He interests me. Alton Robinson may be my pick here because I don't know about you, but anybody that watched the Combine, Alton Robinson out of Syracuse looked like a, a man. He looked like a, a pro. He just had that body build, that, that mentality that made me feel like he was on top of his game. And he seemed to test better, you know, in some of the, the main tests than I thought he would. So, you know, the Lions have two picks here in the fifth. 131 early and then kind of mid to late round. So because there's so many receivers out there, I mean, I know if I take Alton Robinson, I'm going to lose out on on probably Bredesen and O'Menahue. But, gosh, I like him, man. Let's, let's look at this guy again. 6'3", 260 pounds, senior. He's from Syracuse. I'm sure Matt Patricia would like that. Uh well, let's just take him. We're, we're leaning into defense. I've not taken Alton Robinson in any of my mocks, but I'm looking at who I've taken so far. And I haven't taken that big edge, you know, that guy that could play opposite of Trey. I've taken, you know, Uche, who can rush, but not so much from that against offensive tackles. You're going to be bringing him 
you know, from that linebacker or from the interior type position. So we're going to take Alden Robinson, try to beef up that position here and see what falls to me. Uh, I'd like Tyler uh, Johnson, the wide receiver, to fall. I'd also like one of those offensive guards to fall. But we are just loading up the defensive side of the ball in this draft. There's no doubt. And even if Tyler Johnson goes right now, he's the top wide out. We'll see if he makes it. Got a couple more picks. That's the best thing. You watch this live. And see, does he get to me at 154? He does. So, Tyler Johnson, not only did he make it to me, he's the top overall prospect here at 154. That's how you want to play the board. Wait on your guy. Hope he falls to you. Tyler Johnson of Minnesota will be my pick here. And very happy to have him. So, another offensive player. Now here, I've got a pick at round six. And I also added that seventh rounder from Carolina. So I can kind of go any way I want to right here. We're going to go to those offensive interiors and see if we can. Um, ah, a lot of those guys, uh, both the Michigan boys are gone. Nobody else I love. So if that's the way it falls, the lines don't address it in free agency. They're going to be relying on Garnett, the guy they brought in, the former first rounder from that played over with the 49ers. Um, as well as they have uh, Bo Benchwal still in the pipeline. So hopefully one of those guys could come through. That's what I would have to rely on at this point because I passed it up enough times where it's not anybody there that I really want to address. I'm um, just looking at our needs here. I mean, uh, basically interior offensive line and offensive tackle are kind of the positions that the, the system says I have left. I've really addressed everything else thanks to that trade down. And you can always add depth. I mean, offensive tackle Trey Adams out of Washington is there. This guy tested like a slug. He did not look like a football player to me that can play at a high level at the next level. You know, so I, I wouldn't be very invested in him. Now, top guys on the board here in the sixth round, Devin Duvernay, who's a speed receiver that I do like. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to the Lions double dipping here. And I, that may be the way I go because he's the top player overall. He's got juice. Um, him and Tyler Johnson could kind of be those next two receivers in the pipeline when you move on from Marvin Jones and uh, Kenny gets his big deal. You'd want two rookies to kind of subsidize that from a cost perspective. But I'm looking down to see if there's any defensive players. You know, I wouldn't even be opposed to a tight end at this position if it was something. I obviously addressed the running back, um, you know, uh, Alona Lua, the uh, – Running back from TCU is here. That's definitely a guy that I would have considered had I waited. That'd be great value, I think, at that point for the physicality and the, the traits that he brings. Um, yeah, there's really there's not too many defensive players that I love. Shaq Quarterman is here, but I'm basically just going to take Simmons and, and add him to my current linebackers and roll with that. And, geez, like I said, I'd love to take an interior lineman. There's just really nobody that I love at this point. So when that happens, you're just going to go ahead and take, you know, the best available at a position of need. And I'm going to double dip on those receivers could take the big kid and Isaiah Hodges out of Oregon state, or I can get the speed smaller guy, kind of like a golden Tate type, not as shifty, but a lot, a lot faster when it comes to straight line speed. Give me Devin Duvernay out of Texas. Another guy taking a lot of mocks and we'll roll around here to our seventh rounder and see where we're at seventh rounder. Maybe I address you know, a future offensive tackle. Maybe I see who's at the top of the board 
And maybe since we're leaning on defense, maybe I add one more defensive chip to the uh, haul that I already have pulled in in this mock draft. We'll see what happens here. So appreciate you guys listening. Hopefully this is good stuff for you. This is live on the fly. I didn't do this ahead of time. You know, just uh, prepped it so that Burrow and Chase Young would go first and then worked out that trade with Carolina. Got it done on the first deal. I mean, I'd be really curious to see if you could pull that type of deal in real life, but absolutely love it. So here we are at the seventh round. We've got, uh, let's see here. You know who I'd like to see? I, I don't know if he's lasting, but I think he did really well at the combine, so he's no longer there. The real big offensive guard from Georgia is no longer here. He was here in the late fifth, sixth, seventh round. I think he's moving up um, quite a bit. He's no longer on the board. Offensive tackle that I've taken in a previous mock, I think I even did it on my offensive one, is I took John Runyon Jr. Now, I haven't totally studied up if he's going to has what it takes at the next level, but I do know that he has the pedigree with his dad. I feel like if, as long as he has the size and the mobility that he could he could be a project tackle that you could bring along in the next year or so. Possibly play. He is there, but he's quite a ways down the board. Lynn Bowden, Bowden, however you want to say it, out of Kentucky. Wide receiver, quarterback, gadget guy is still there. I know that's uh, Frank Ribble on Twitter. That's his favorite player, but I don't know that I'm going to go that route. Um, some other good offensive guys. Again, you can just wait on running backs, wait on everything. Um, I've taken the one corner, but like I said, I wasn't in love with that corner. Let's see if there's anybody else I, that seems worth it at this point. Josiah Scott, the, the Sparty, is at the top of the board. A.J. Green, not the receiver, the kid from Oklahoma State, is there. Lavert Hill out of Michigan is there. Um... Gosh, I'd love to get another guy to get rid of Mike Ford and get rid of some of these other corners that keep holding on that just can't play. But I don't love Josiah Scott. This is where it's hardest for me at the seventh round because I'm just kind of like looking and I wish there was a home run guy. There should be a few guys I have on my list that I just am willing to take here because there's just so many things you can look at and decide upon. Like I say, the system is telling me that you know, quarterback, see what the quarterbacks look like. You know what? Even though this is a defensive draft, eh, gosh, I was going to say, like, there's something I like about Nate Stanley out of Iowa. And you got you got Tate out of Arizona, who's kind of that running quarterback that we've never had. Kelly Bryant as well. I mean, to me, this would be the type of value play that you would do at this type of position. Um there's also James Lynch out of Baylor. He's an interior guy that I think could could make some plays, especially with you know the Lions being thin in that area. 209 overall. Hmm. I wonder if James Lynch is the kind of player the Lions would like. He, he seemed to do some decent things at the combine, but I don't know if he's. Let's see what his size is again. 6'4", 285. He seems. Seems small, sort of, if he's going to play inside there. But he seemed to have great motor and be able to do some things. Gosh, Lions could definitely, but they may go. They may go defensive tackle in free agency and get a guy. That's uh, that's there. I've already double dipped on receiver. I'm not going to go running back again. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's probably the homer play, and it's not really the best play on the board. Um, but. 
I may, let me see it again. Yeah, it's a reach, but I'm going to do it just because, you know, I'm hoping that he could come in and, and be a pro project guy. Like right now, I'm going to leave Decker and Wagner at my defensive tackles. I'm going to assume that we either got the guard figured out or that maybe we can get that in free agency. But I'm going to take a flyer here late in the draft on John Runyon Jr. I just feel, you know, it could be a total wasted pick, and I'm sure I should have some better options, like I said, especially since I'm skewing defense. There should be a defensive gem that I that I have on tip my tongue here in the seventh, but I feel like I just want to offensive tackle and quarterback are really my only big glaring needs except for interior, um, and none of the interior guys are rated higher than John Runyon. Offensive tackle to me is still a really valued spot if you're able to find a guy that can play. So I got Charlie Heck here, you know, out of North Carolina, but I'm just going to go with the pedigree of John Runyon and, and hope that his son can can be, even if he's a right tackle, you know, even if in a year uh, he's able to be serviceable or probably have Crosby at right tackle, right? Terrell Crosby would probably play right, but, um, you know, then you need depth behind him. So we're just going to take John Runyon Jr. to uh, finish out the, uh, the draft here. Let's try and just to get his size quickly. John Runyon, 6'5", 320 pounds, redshirt senior. You know, just just seems like that type of leader, that type of kid you'd want on your football team that late in the draft without, you know, taking a skill guy or taking some of the other things that I would take at that point. And like I say, if you hit on it, great. You know, you've got an offensive tackle making no money. And he's surrounded by by all the other picks I made. Look at the, I mean, let's let's review this draft real quick before we finish up the show. At number seven overall, Isaiah Simmons, linebacker, safety, versatile, defensive player, as he called himself on Twitter. Don't call him a linebacker, call him a defensive player. We've got Grant Delpit, safety out of LSU. I mean, tremendous value in my opinion at 35. I'm sure Matt Pat could find a way to use him. You're going to put Trayvon Diggs on the other side. Hopefully this situation on the other side of Slay, I definitely wouldn't want Trayvon Diggs to be the guy with some no name next to him. You know, But if they moved on from Slay, maybe they'd add some other pieces Excuse me, and be able to um, still have a good cornerback group with AO, Justin Coleman. Um, Jonathan Taylor, too good to pass up at 67, the running back out of Wisconsin. Josh Uche out of Michigan, the edge rusher, interior, uh, you know, versatile defensive lineman that seems to get better and better. Got my boy Leaky Fo two at 99 overall, the def huge defensive tackle out of Utah. Alton Robinson, a big edge um, type player out of Syracuse, seemed to be a polished football player just in looks and also know that he's got some, some work to do, but I saw some things at the Senior Bowl I liked as well as what he did at the Combine and think that just seems to be a moldable piece of clay I'd want that could maybe be um, a nice player, especially at that value. You didn't get the bigger edge up top, but you waited till 131 overall and got a guy that could maybe um, do some types of things there. Tyler Johnson, wide receiver out of Minnesota, thought was great value at 154 overall. PFF loves him. He's a guy that I've heard his story. He comes from really humble background. Just seems like the kind of guy who's going to fight tooth and nail to ball out the NFL and be a productive football player to uh, to feed his family as well as to just be a, a good citizen and somebody you want on your team. Devin Duvernay, I don't know his whole backstory, but I know he can run fast, <laughs> which is good. And I feel like, uh, you know, it's just the type of player that would be um, a project. You know, you bring him in. 
you'd rely on his speed. You'd also coach him up, you know, with some of the vets you have in the room and see what he turns into in the next year or so. And uh, the only thing I'd say with receivers, they may not double dip because they have pretty much all their receivers coming back. People talk about they have nobody in 2021. Well, in 2020, they basically have their full crew because they brought back Danny. They got the two starters. You've got uh, Ful- uh, Fulgham still there. You've got Marvin Hall you might bring back. You know what I mean? Like you pretty have a full um, wide receiver group. So one of these guys later might not even make – you might have to practice squad him. You might have to sort of hide him if you can. So that would be the reason to not double dip is where do you put him here this year to try to get production as well as – you know, make sure that you don't lose him as well as can they be a ball player for you moving forward. So that's something to consider. And then 198 overall in the seventh round, we just took John Runyon Jr. as a project tackle, somebody that we think has the family pedigree, the want to, and the ability to maybe grow into either a right tackle or a versatile piece on our offensive line coming from a school like Michigan. So that's that's my defensive heavy mock um, again, filled up this episode with what a lot of people think should and hopefully will happen, which is the Detroit Lions will take lots of defense. They will skew towards defense. They will trade down to add more defense. And then that defense added to the defense that we didn't see much in 2019 due to injuries and due to other factors will uh, make plays. When you're talking about Deshaun Hand, you're talking about Trey Flowers, you're talking about Tavai. Jared Davis, you're talking about the, the a player like Darius Slay if he's still here. You're talking about Tracy, Will Harris, Tavon Wilson, players like that. I mean, if you add four or five pieces to that, plus juice up this offense a little bit, this can be a really good football team in 2020. And I believe that. B-L-E-A-V. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Check me out on Twitter. Thank you for the support right here on the podcast. We'll check you next week right here on Believe in Lions. Take care, everybody. I'm out. I believe, I believe, I believe. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.